For the record, with Dan Gordon and Maya Billick on FBI Radio. It is a very special week here on For The Record, first week back in 2020. To kick it off, you heard Not Innocent by Hard Eyes featuring Asta. Just 
going to put myself out there for a second. I'm fangirling so hard right now because we have a very special local producer in the studio who we're going to download about their brand new mixtape. You've probably heard of them through a few different projects they've been in. If you frequent gigs in Sydney, you've definitely seen them around the scene. His name is Maurice Santiago, who's played in several bands from Death Bells to Public and also in solo projects, uh, George Michelle and now Hard Eyes. Let's go. <laughs> massive, massive tape that kind of was just tacked on to the end of last year, but very, very much made it onto my end of year list. I didn't, I didn't necessarily put one Thank out into much. the into the world, but I think it would 100% be be in and around that in and around that top 20 for sure. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, really, really, really impressive, and I think such a. So for anyone that listened to George Michelle's music pre Heart Eyes, it's such a, a U-turn for you. But I think it's knowing knowing you and knowing what you're like musically. This to me feels like the most you I've ever heard you sound. Hundred percent. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I feel like that's been the sentiment with like a lot of people that have spoken to me about the project or who I've spoken to about the project with like, and it just came from that place. Just wanting to be myself. I didn't. I honestly did not feel myself as George Michelle, who mm. was this character that I put onto the internet that I tried to sell records with. Right. Being this extravagant obnoxious hedonistic <clears throat> sort of person but it's not me um and yeah when you when you kind of rely on putting all your eggs in one basket with one project like you, you just gotta you either gotta go 100 percent at it and really give it your all and devote your life to mm. being that person yeah or just sack it and um i haven't necessarily sacked it but it's definitely something that I'm trying to like yeah. slow down at the moment and focus more on hard eyes, which is be myself. I've always loved pop music and, and rap and, mm. you know, everything that's adjacent to those styles of music. But I remember it all started when I was living in Berlin uh, at the end of 2018 to the start of 2019. I'd just left Death Bells at the time. And I, uh, that's when I was kind of like really kicking off the George Michelle project. And um, I wanted to do more like dancey pop music. Um, and by doing that, it got me into tangents of pop music. So I was making a lot of music that sounded like the 1975 or Laney, yes. uh, or even like SoundCloud rap stuff, you know. But I was like, where can I put this music? So I started kind of writing music and producing for other people right. to give them that, yeah. um, to just focus on George Michelle as being like the club music thing. Um, but then after just like all year, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, um, I just just got over the whole idea that music is this brand and this algorithm that you need to follow. Mm. And this there's like this blueprint mm. that you need to do as an artist to become successful. I'm over ever wanting to become successful anymore. I just want to make stuff that I'm proud of. Hence why I'll just drop anything on SoundCloud like, I'll wake up on Wednesday morning. Oh, I'm going to drop this song today. Yeah. I was going to say, it. I feel like you're the biggest advocate on just putting whatever you want, whenever you want on SoundCloud. 100%. I mean, like, who do you make music for? Do you make music for the algorithm or do you make music for people? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's so, but it's so nice to see that, how that 
your brain works in that way like it's because it almost like you're living with the artist in real time yeah Yeah. which i think is something that doesn't happen you know a lot normally you know you have these set times you release a single and then you release like an album yeah you know and then like three years later then you gear up for like another album release but i feel like what what you miss as a fan is those are those in between moments, you know, where you have like, oh, I have this little idea, might not make it on the album, but like, yeah. I'm gonna just put it out into the world and see what happens. Yeah. Which I feel like you, you like at least from an outsider, you seem like a big advocate of that. Totally. I mean, we're living in such like a, a versatile age with music and technology now, where anything's possible. There's no rules anymore. Mm. You know, people look at Playboy Cardi, for instance, like. Dude hasn't released a record since 2017. He li- his career is based off leaks that people just constantly put up. Everything's just been leaks. And like that's a testament to the age that we're living in, especially platforms with SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, do whatever you want. Like people want your music. Give it to them. Like yeah. don't don't just pander to what you, to this homogenized machine of like what you think is going to make you successful and what's not because usually the blueprint of success is usually the one that you never think is the right one. I don't don't know, you know, try to say like the one that you just subconsciously just do by intuition of you as an artist and your experience of like what feels right to you. Mm. That's always what leads to success and success is subjective. Mm. It's all measurable. So it's like if your idea of success is getting like X amount of plays and you got that amazing and you did that just by trusting your gut, that's it, that you're successful. And that's how I've, been viewing hard eyes and everything I do because I'm in a completely different position now than what I was in a year ago Mm. and I have so much more clarity based on trusting my gut and just doing things myself I've proven it to myself and a lot of other people just before we get into the album we would like to give a content warning that today's episode does discuss suicide so just a small heads up on that one we're going to jump on into a little bit more of the Heart Eyes record. This one is called Three Pills. You're tuned into FBI Radio 94.5. i 
from Three Pills, you heard Danger to Myself, one of my favourites on the album, into I Feel Weird. You're listening to For the Record on FBI Radio with very special guest Maurice Santiago, a.k.a. Hard Eyes. Um, I, one thing I kind of want to jump to about Joyride the Stars is it, it flies over so many different genres. You know, like you have emo, there's like... Dude. Yeah. Remnants of house. There's you there's are rock. Mad there's scientist. pop. There's indie indie rock, the like stadium sized indie rock. There's everything. There's like nods to like your hardcore past. I yeah. think. I, what? Where did you kind of start in terms of where you were trying to piece together this album from like a musical standpoint, or or was it kind of kind of just like this is these are all my influences. This yeah. is what you're gonna get. It was basically just um, I was really frustrated where I was at musically um, with George Michelle. Just, I wasn't making music I was happy with. I feel like I was pandering to um, trying to get this success. That wasn't me. Um, and so I looked back at my catalogue of music because I stopped, I stopped listening to music mm. for eight months. Did not listen to any music on Spotify, nothing couple rap songs every now and then like you hit your number one hits like in passing but I never proactively listened to music I was abstaining from it because I hated music because I hated myself but like I couldn't enjoy music so I had like a look back in my old hard drives and laptop of everything that I made from like 2015 up to now and I was like man like I've done so much like I wrote 150 songs in three months in Berlin I wrote I had over 500 songs in my hard drive. Crazy. Between 2015 to now. So wild. You know, and I was like, I listened to all of them. Everything was different. Like, I've gone through so many different phases musically of things I listened to from, like, post-punk to, you know, SoundCloud rap to, like, um, dance music, techno, indie music. Mm. Um, A lot of the stuff was, like, sketches from Death Bell songs before we left and like songs I'd written for other people beats I used to sell beats on um on the internet to make money in Berlin right so on beat stars so like sick. a lot of the beats were just ones that I made to try sell on there that no one ever bought um but I was just like this is me mm. and I, t- I spoke to my friends about this idea that I had of like making this chaotic mixtape of just so many different genres and they were just like that is the most you because since probably I was like 12 years old, I've been like just constantly a child of the internet, like searching blog spots and like Bandcamp and SoundCloud and like all that stuff. And I think just being so overconsumed with music, so many different genres for so long. Like I am this chaos of music. I am all these <laughs> genres of music. Like that's me. That's what I'm into. I love everything. So I'm just going to put it all in one. Um, so that's, that's where it came from doing that idea of a mixtape. And like the beauty of a mixtape is that you have the versatility and the tangibility to be able to, it's like very low stakes. You can do whatever and no one's going to be like, this doesn't fit with the album. This doesn't fit with the EP, you know, like this single is different from this one. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Um, and so yeah, making the mixtape, like making it a mixtape was super liberating for me. Because I knew I had no boundaries. Oh, it's, it's so relieving to be like, I still have it. I still have that passion for it. I still have that ability to excite myself, to surprise myself. Mm. And I feel like that that was the best part about this project. Now, you mentioned um, throughout this whole conversation, you mentioned um, bits and pieces about like poor audio recording, 
um, recording through iPhones, yeah. just not really like kind of working within your means or, or, and, but, but not just only using that, but like taking advantage of that. Yeah. What was the recording process like for the Hard Eyes tape? All right, let's go. <laughs> All right. Every mix engineer right now is going to hate me, but you know what? That's fine. Cause I can mix it myself. I don't need you to mix my music. But anyway, I recorded that whole thing off a busted 2015 MacBook that I bought from Oakland off a guy from Craigslist that like had like a whole bunch of cracked software already on it. All my keys are missing because I spilled coffee on it and I had to undo all the keys on the laptop to clean out everything. The keys don't sit back on properly. I don't own a MIDI controller. I don't own a microphone. I don't own an interface. I don't own a guitar. I don't own a bass. I don't own anything. I make all my music, specifically this stuff, with this laptop overheating on my stomach while I'm laying on my bed with the Apple headphones plugged in, listening to all my shit's cracked. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not about to pay for VSTs. Unless Ableton, you want to hook me up, like, let's go. I'm your biggest advocate. But no, all my shit's cracked. So, like, but it, like, I just used to make everything in the box, everything's VSTs or heavy sampling. I've, I could probably name probably 13 samples across the entire mixtape but i'm not going to because i don't want warner chapel uh, or anyone <laughs> coming after me um but yeah tons of sampling but like you know manipulating the samples but a lot of it was heavily based on vocal production um and i wanted really bad vocals um so i used apple headphones so i, I literally used them as a monitor and a microphone so, and my theory towards that, and I've spoken to Antonio at length about this, and she just shakes her head. And every engineer just shakes their head when I tell them this. No one can believe. They're just, just shuddering. I, I literally recorded everything on the Apple headphones. I monitored everything and recorded all the audio through that. It's the best mic. It's got the best compression. If you have a good vocal chain. That is unbelievable. Like, you can make any sound out of it. And... It, like my theory for using Apple headphones to mix and master is because that's what everyone listens to it on. Yeah. Mm. No, no one's listening on HD 25s. No one's listening on like Beats by Dre's or whatever. Like, yeah, or they're listening to it through the phone. Yeah, speaker. or the phone speaker. Like, I'm trying to make it as accessible as possible and mm. make it sound as good to people that might not be able to have like be able to afford like the top of the range mm. headphones or like the best speakers. Like if you have those like busted ass, like Motorola ones, like <laughs> I want it to sound as better on them as it is on the HD 25s or whatever. Like right. so it's very, like I approach it from a very like realistic sense of like, okay, what is the way most people are going to listen to this? So that makes me do certain EQing things of being like, okay, I need to, up the mids here because I want the 808 to come through on a phone speaker because if it's just the sub, yeah, you're going to hear that on like HS8s or DJ headphones, but you're not going to hear it through a phone. And like, I hate being that guy who's like, oh, listen to this, blah, blah, the 808's crazy. And then you play it and they go, I can't what? hear it. Like, yeah. you feel the wind from the speakers, you know what I mean? I didn't want to do that. So that was my, like, that's how I, how I intellectualized using the Apple headphones, but also necessity, I had no money. Actually, how I really got into that vocal production is because I used to not listen or care about Frank Ocean for ages. Um, but I used to, I always loved Alex G and I heard that he did some production right. for Frank Ocean. On I Blonde. forget, on Blonde. Yeah, yeah. And then I actually revisited 
blonde and mm. listen to like white Ferrari mm. oh. and Nikes and stuff. And then I listen to Gretel. Um, and you know how that song, when that song starts, like with the bit crush, dun, like dun, dun, dun. the bit crush, yeah. like pitched up, like yeah. thing. And it does it in the end. Of, I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Like, and that inspired me so much with the vocal production and like the production of music. Like I'd record everything. I did like, I didn't all do it in the box. Like I got friends to go record instruments right. or I'd record instruments, but then they'd give it back to me. Super well recorded. And I'd ruin the whole thing on purpose. <laughs> Because I wanted to achieve that sound because yeah. like it's it's not bad to do that anymore. Mm. It's it gives it character. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing I want to achieve. I want it to be the most personable mixtape possible. The only way I could do that, irrespective of lyrical content, was to make the productions as human as possible. I wanted the errors and the mistakes to be there. I wanted the clipping, I wanted the the gate to not work and you can hear the snare or the metronome in the background, mm. like I Whenever you hear that, that's not because I'm lazy. That's because like, I'm intentionally doing that. It was all through necessity. It was just like, I want to make this. How do I make it right now? Time for some more music off Joyride the Stars from Heart Eyes. This one's called FWU. Features the vocals of Girl Crush. Everything them bitches do, baby, did that, did that. Hopping them 
puffin'. You bitches hatin' for nothing. These bitches act like they tough, but I see bitches is bluffin'. You faggot sweeter than muffins. You know that baby above it. I just be sparkin' my blunt. I just be Hillary duffin' it. See, I came out bangin' all you bitches with my chains out. I out, rock the coat set with the fangs out. Lifestyle, show these motherfuckers what my name's about. Make my own lane, you bitches running the same okay. route. Now, every time I hit the parking lot, I'm straight dripping. I be on the court like Michael and Scott Pippen. Sipping on that blue carousel like I'm crippin'. Put it down, stay town, foe, foe, stay tippin'. You see my poppy keep the 57 Chevy coupe bouncing. I'm up on that dick like a motherfucking mountain. Squirted on my face like a motherfucking fountain. He be spitting in my mouth while he's motherfucking pounding it. Money, then I'm counting it. First got an ounce in it. Last full of branded. Baby, are you down with it? Show me what you bout. Take it out. Let me pounce on it. Suck it so good. Daddy, say that I'm profound with it. Every time he hit the prostate, I'm straight dumbing. Hitting different strokes like Willis and Mr. Drumming. Make my eyes roll back when he put the thumb in. Then he's sucking on my toes every time I get to coming. Uh. Yo, you see, baby, this that part where you do it like a Chevy Impala, and you hit that switch and you bounce on it. You ready? Bounce on it, bounce on it, bounce on it. Bounce on it, put your hands up on your knees and then you bounce on it. Bounce on it, bounce on it, bounce on it. Make that bumper scrape the ground and then you bounce on it. Bounce on it, bounce on it, bounce on it. Like you swinging out in Cali, baby, bounce on it. Bounce on it, bounce on it, bounce on it, bounce on it, bounce on it.
stack of tracks you heard there from the top fwu with girl crush and hard eyes together into bounce on it featuring baby boy nosebleed the water featuring olive rush who you know from egoism and this last one right here language warning r.i.p fucker one of the reasons why i feel like personally i can really get behind an artist like yourself who is not only so independent but is able to back themselves a hundred percent you don't really care about any like barriers and it's very refreshing to be able to hear someone like well why can't I do it this kind of way like you're not afraid of coloring outside the lines and doing things whatever way you want but even down to your features you have people from Asta to yeah. Olive Rush from yeah. Egoism to Antonio Gauci who is yeah. an incredible engineer to Baby Boy who I've yeah. never come across but suddenly I'm in love with yeah. like he's amazing it was it was just like one of those like the way I approached and how I will continue to approach all of the features that I have was I want to challenge myself and I want to challenge them. Mm. So I want to put Antonia on like a future-based, trancey type song. A Sophie song, kind of song. You it's know? super Sophie. Yeah, 100%. Like just with all the weird percussion, like yeah. something that I know Antonia hasn't done before. But the elements, like the pop elements are all there. Mm. But like... I'm just going to produce her vocals differently. And, like, it's not really going to sound like a song she'd be on. Like, I want to challenge her in that way. Not like she needs any challenging because she's an amazing vocalist. She's an amazing singer-songwriter and engineer mm. and producer. Um, but just something different. And then yeah. um, Olive, we worked together on Nosebleed because I heard their track. They were releasing SoundCloud, sort of, like, it's like, um, more indie mm. music with like an 808 um, and I just sent a more like harder type beat I guess <laughs> than what they've been singing on Yeah, and I was like see what you can do and um, it's probably one of my favourite songs on the tape and Baby Boy uh, my friend Kurt Johnson hooked me up to him um, he's uh, a rapper from um, Austin or Houston between the two and does like of like a lot of very like Megan the Stallion, Nicki Minaj type like mm. very in your face aggressive rap music, and I loved it from when I heard it. And I just had this old beat that I tried to send someone ages ago, and <laughs> just gave it to them. And they, I had a UGK sample from they're from uh, Houston, and they loved it. And they were like, "This is." It was kind of like one of those like weird universal things where like everything kind of like meant to be like found yeah. this rapper from houston had this old like ugk sample that i didn't do anything with for, like a year and it, they fell into the right hands right. and they like it, it was just the perfect song for them and um who was like asta um one of my one of vocalist, my favorite yeah. my favorite moments on the record is the um show me the back room with greta with greta I, I, like i yeah. think you, you veer into like such a and i i wasn't i, I kind of wasn't prepared for for what was coming because you veer into such like a um, one of Trick's point, never tearing yeah. the world apart electronic at some points Fully. with like this really beautiful um, Croatian spoken word. Yeah. Over the top. And I was like, man, like who, who thinks to merge those two worlds together? Like yeah. it's such a, such an odd mix. But I think that, that theme running throughout the whole record of like anything goes yeah. is, is to me becomes so apparent on that track. Mm. And very different for a Greta Now song. Totally. And that, and exactly that mm. was the thing we like, I've always loved Greta's music for years and I've always seen what she's done 
musically, especially with like G to G and her other projects. And I was like, I really want Greta on something like this because I know Greta would love to be on something like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just exci- it's like I want as many people to be involved as possible that are my friends that I trust and I love. Mm. And I also want it to be something challenging for both of us. Like I was just like to her, this is the beat. Open voice memos. Make sure it's voice memos. I want this terribly recorded. <laughs> I want background noises. Like you can hear the iPhone bell. You can hear the birds outside. I was going to say, yeah. it is the bell, right? Yeah, it's the bell. Like just you're from at your, your, you're at your family dinner. You like, know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, just, just speak. Right. Say whatever you want. I told her what the song is about. Um, and she just gave me this crazy, I guess, a stanza, I'd like to call yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and I just chopped it up. And I like the chaos of chopping the audio and having the real lo-fi recording of like the voice memo and I guess like musically the beat, I wanted to induce that fear of like, mm. the song's basically just about being like, like when I've been at like kick-ons or something in like a really dark place at like seven in the morning and just feeling like the world is caving in on you right. and you're the only person there like inducing that anxiety and I want to induce it in that song right. um, and show me the back room is just like a thing like a concept I had of being like when you're so fucked up you just you're down for anything it's mm. like let's go to the back room and whatever happens in there <laughs> stays in there well, listen to the second half of that track and you'll understand exactly yeah. what Maurice is talking about. Yeah. But then you have something like uh, Head First Into Brick Wall and it just sounds like this absolute feeling of floating, like not really sure what's going... Not necessarily yeah. like a purgatory, yeah, but kind of going in between two things, sort of trying to figure things out, but just yeah. like just being in the middle of it all. This is limbo. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, exactly what I want to evoke with that track. And I think it's the only instrumental one on there. Um, it was basically this ethereal type song. Well, the concept of headfirst in the brick wall comes from like that when people speak about that second before a car crash mm. and the, you see like, your life. Yeah. yeah, the slow-mo. And I've been in situations like that before and I've had like where I've like literally almost died. Like not, not just in the past year, but like probably three times in from memory. Right. Like there's almost car crashes I've been in stuff. And or like uh, when I've like almost passed out from something like I've always had that type of like life flash before my eyes, like everything in slow-mo type thing. Right. And it was it's basically that it's like the seconds before disaster and just that floating Mm. and just that peace that you feel where there's no more pain. There's no more pain in the world, like whatever you're about to feel. Like, it's probably meant to happen because you're probably meant to go somewhere else better, you know? We're going to go into that song we're talking about called Head First Into Brick Wall right here on FBI.
dirty Mikey dust in cracks. With my iPhone screen. Crush it. Watch it burn. Video. Kako ona priča. Gledaj. Ne ulice. Look at me. In my face. Show me the back room. I'm an angel in disguise, wearing wigs and telling lies. I visited you once in a burger shop. Heaven opened in a feeling, crush it for a feeling. I was only 17. The priest stood next to a big machine, calling them down from heaven. Heaven opens in the ceiling, crush it for a feeling. Dirty Mikey dust in the cracks of my iPhone screen.
After head first into Brick Wall, you heard Always Ends featuring AMG, also known as Antonio Gauci. After that one, Show Me the Back Room with Greta Now. You know, you know what my favorite trait of yours that has stuck around through all these changes is your like passion and drive for your music. Because I remember when we were talking to you before. You were saying like, dude, I'll die for this shit. Hundred percent, I still will. But I and I still that is still there, which I think is for me like the most important part of your makeup is that desire to kick on. Yeah. You know, and I think that that like for me that is the thing that's gonna really like propel you forward when you're making your music because I think that you no, know, not everyone has that. Not everyone has that. Like, dude, this is all or nothing for me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Know? you. But it's it's true. Like, man, I. In America, I drove 24 hours straight from San Antonio, Texas to San Francisco just mm. because we had to do it. Yeah. And, like, I will die for this shit. Yeah. You know, I will stay away for 24 hours and drive a van with eight people in it across four states. Because you have to do that stuff. If it's your passion and you've put everything into it, you got to do it. It is definitely that spirit that is so apparent and you can't shy away from it across this mixtape it's it comes across so liberating and like you are very much living in the moment getting things across and to me it kind of comes to a head on uh danger to myself where you realize all these things that have been going on and that have been happening and how you need to kind of not necessarily wake up and like snap out of it but take a moment to look inside and insularly 100 percent. i mean like that's probably one of the most like i reckon the darkest song Mm. on the whole tape and that was my intention with this tape like having those really dark lyrical content songs actually sound super palatable and poppy Mm. because i want people to make their own understandings of like what that song means to them based on the lyrics but to me it means something completely different Mm. um and yeah for that one like that's just it's about like suicidal ideation like i'm not gonna lie i went through really bad period for about like 10 months of last year i've really only just gotten out of when i made this tape it was from a place of being like this is the only way i can like exercise these feelings in a non-toxic way because i was getting into like a whole bunch of different shit like you know substance dependency and like just go on like fucking manic episodes and like do crazy reckless stuff just to like like i i wouldn't care if I lived or died, I'd put myself in situations without thinking about the consequences because I did not care. It's like, oh, I took all this stuff. Uh, cool. If I don't wake up, I don't wake up. I don't care. If I wake up, cool. I get another chance to see what happens. That was the mindset. It was a really toxic mindset. And Danger to Myself was the song that like is about that. It's about being like going to doctors, going to therapists, going to having your friends, people telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's like, no matter what, like... I know I'm a danger to myself. I'm putting myself into these situations. Mm. I want to do this. Like, and you telling me not to do this makes me want to do it even more. It's a, a super spiteful song, but it it was written 
obviously in hindsight from those things happening of being like I just felt like I was floating in between like all that stuff and people worrying about me then like not really so much burning bridges but yeah people kind of like disconnecting themselves from me and that was the song to be like this is why it's because I want to love you I want to love people Mm. I want to be with you but I can't because I am a danger to myself and I'm only doing that because I don't want to put you in a situation where you're in danger because I love you so much, mm. but you don't think I love you that much. Do you feel like putting putting that song out and, and the, the tape, Joyride the Stars, specifically was like a really important step in maybe like leaving that in, yeah. in, the, in the background? Totally. That was the point. Right. It, it was that um, because George Michelle wouldn't, been able, wouldn't have been able to exercise those emotions or feelings Mm. um and the way the mixtape kind of goes in sequence tells kind of like a story i wouldn't it's not like a concept album or whatever but like chronologically it follows like a trajectory Mm. of like the phases and even musically that's what i try to do i wanted to start at poppy and then go darker right and then kind of like resolve on that last song um but yeah, no, it was, it was like a very cathartic thing for me to, cause I wasn't open with people about any of this stuff. It was just kind of through friends and people would be like, why is Moz acting up? Like, why is he acting this way? Like, this is so out of character for him. And I wasn't in the right mindset to have like an intellectual proper conversation with people of why I'm acting this way. Mm. I need to sit down by myself and just put it on paper or record it. And then just like, see what happens. And that was it. Because all these songs are like, were songs I had for like five years, but there was no lyrics. Mm. Um, and I think that aspect of revisiting a lot of the things to a time when I felt normal, right. quote unquote, or felt good. In that mindset I was in, revisiting that makes me go like, so why don't I feel like that anymore? Or was I always like this, but I just hid it from myself mm. and others better than what I'm doing now? Mm. So it was kind of like, like that for me it was very cathartic it was like a the i guess like the culmination of my past right. five years of my life and everything i've been through living in sydney and doing so many different projects and life experiences it was my coming home being like i'm starting to square one again i fucked up um and i'm trying to get back to a good place of where i'm happy wanting to wake up every day and it was that record, this record allowed me to make the first steps to make that happen. Just to quickly end it off, and, and I know, I know you. If you if you li- if you listen to the whole episode, you you would have heard Marie's um, tease at the very beginning that there's a new hard ass tape coming soon to be announced in the near future. But what what have you got going on for the hard ass project, like going forward into the new year? I'm not thinking. Because that's been the best thing for me thus far. Mm. I felt so comfortable not thinking and just doing. Um, but I really want to, like, uh, I'm definitely going to be playing shows this year, 100%. Cool. See. And that's why this next tape I'm really honing in. Um, it's more kind of like left field hip hop sort of stuff. Still very poppy. Like, I mean, there's songs that sound like, obviously, One You Want is on there. Mm. There's songs that sound like Blade. There's songs that sound like Young Lee. There's songs that sound like Dominic Fike. There's songs that sound like 
uh, like passion, like literally passion pit, like. I'm so you know that. like little secrets era passion pit like yes. Mike Snow as well like there's right. songs that sound like that it's very diverse but like what I'm trying to do is I'm like really trying to hone it in so I can actually do sort of like backing track or like DJ but also have like a drummer and like a guitarist so do live instrumentation um, but I really want to be like playing shows this year I'm kind of getting a band together at the moment mm. of um, sorting that out. But right now, this the main thing is just videos and releasing new music. I want to do pretty much a video for every song. I don't care if it's high production or not, iPhone, whatever. Like, I just want to be in people's faces. I want to be a thorn in your side. I've been so good at that in the past. About to do it again. <laughs> so I just want to be in people's faces and making... I want people to constantly be guessing, just being like, is that really... Is that hard? Like, it's so different from the... Like, that's what I want. I constantly want there to be people questioning what I'm doing because I've never, I think I've said this to you last time on mm. for the record a few years ago. I never want people to feel no way about me. I either want you to hate me or love me Yeah, because that's true emotion there. If you are like blase, indifferent. like indifferent, yeah. I'm not doing my job as an entertainer or an artist. I need you to either hate what I do or love it. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to, kind of work towards more in 2020 but also working with a lot of unknown kind of developing new artists or people that never thought they'd be on a song ever Maurice, it's been a genuine pleasure such thank you such a lovely me. lovely chat thank <laughs> you for coming the rate you're releasing music you this is going to be the first of like four times you're oh, on the show go. talking about it now let's i was going to say the future is bright for hard eyes who has been explaining to us over the last hour how he's kind of unhooked himself from the Matrix. Let's go. A.K.A. Maurice Santiago yeah. as Hard Eyes, formerly known as George Michelle. Yeah. Joyride. Well, A.K.A. Like I, I'm, I will be. I'm still doing GM, but not right for a while. Where I'm, I'm kind of. Some cool. hiatus. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm chilling on Hard Eyes at the moment. I'm really, I'm really liking it. So, but thank you for having me. Of course. Dan thank you for coming. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Always a pleasure. You can listen back at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on For the Record or give us a subscribe on wherever you grab your podcasts from For the Record by FBI Radio. If today's show has made you feel any kind of distress, uh, you can reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 10. You can speak to a qualified counsellor. We're going to leave you with the last one from the tape. Definitely not the last time you're going to be hearing from Hard Eyes in 2020. We'll see you next week. And to take you onto lunch on FBI, this is Recovery Diamonds in My Teeth. We can join us.
I got a big mouth.